0: What's up, everyone? This is Garbage Game Club. We are talking you about. If sure you don't want to do another one, like we can count into it. No, we're just going. This is Nick, Into hold the on. Breach Garbage Game Club. I'm Nick Five, Leone. Four, and joining me today, three, we two. have. I thought we were starting over. No, you just say your name real oh, quick. Damn, I'm Joey. There you go. But we're here for Garbage Game Club Into the Breach. Joey, what is Into the Breach? Hopefully.
1: Fully, that's not bad for your credit. What emoji should I send with that? None. Alex didn't pay rent. Uh, what? Oh, we're doing a podcast. Yeah. Into the. Oh, hey everybody! Welcome to Garbage Game Club episode.
0: You already mastered six. This is episode six. Wow. It's taking us a long time to do six episodes. Well, um, I mean, it's playing a whole game. Yeah, we're and gonna. Kind of takes a long time. We're gonna.
1: Uh, w- to be fair, though, I feel like we got to come clean of the audience. We could have recorded this two weeks ago.
0: Yes, <laughs> we could have.
1: We could have recorded this two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this time I'll say it was my fault.
0: Uh, yeah.
1: I'll say it was my fault. Yeah. Um, because for this Garbage Game Club, it's actually, it was a community Patreon choice episode. Ooh. And y'all decided that we were going to play Into the Breach. Into the Breach being uh, a game by the makers of Faster Than Light, or FTL for the cool kids, which was uh, a hit last year. It won quite a few Game of the Year awards. Oh, yeah. Um, it's a
0: it's, uh, pretty... Popular, critically acclaimed, and also like fan acclaimed. Yeah, and we're not talking. You know,
1: what's into the breach? How is it winning Game of the Year awards? It's not God of War
0: because it's 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 not. It's not. It's not a triple A game at all. It's made by two people.
1: Yeah, it is. It is a Game of the Year non triple A game. Game.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, uh,
1: it is. Damn cool!
0: Yeah, Into the Breach is developed by Subset Games. It is available on the Nintendo Switch, the Windows Store, Steam, all that jazz, um, and it has won the Game of the uh, the Game Award for Best Strategy Game, a bunch of BAFTA Awards, and I think it might have been nominated for a couple of Jeff Keelys. Uh but. Into the Breach is a turn-based strategy tactical role-playing game. Oof. Yeah. That's a, that's a there's a lot of a uh, there's a lot of uh, Wait, so
1: off the top of my head, off the there. top of my head, I I've been calling it a turn-based strategy an isometric, an isometric turn-based strategy roguelike. That's what I've been calling it. Is that correct?
0: I think isometric is kind of unnecessary because typically strategy games are usually uh isometric to some extent turn based strategy roguelike uh yeah yeah i think that's right i think the word tactical is kind of integral there because tactical implies some sort of like individual unit control does that come from final fantasy tactics Maybe, but, but I think that's a mainstay from some, like, old era, like those old uh, Dungeons & Dragon games like Planescape Torment, uh, Baldur's Gate, and all that jazz. There's, to some extent, like, in a typical strategy game like StarCraft or uh, blah, 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 you don't usually control individual units. You usually control, like, whole squadrons, and you don't micromanage, like, you can't, there's no skill tree for an individual unit. It is usually, like, the units as a whole. Whereas in a game like Final Fantasy Tactics or Into the Breach in this in this uh, sense, you can actually upgrade a character from, like, nothing and turn him into kind of a godlike warrior. Um, but one thing that really stood out to me in this game was just, like, the game is very fun, and we'll get into the actual loop of it in a second, how it's just it's the most addicting thing of all, of all time. But the thing that really stood out to me was the ambiance of it, like the actual tone and, like, the atmosphere of the game in combination with the storytelling because for the most part there's not too much of a story like the the setup of the game is that uh, humanity has fallen to an alien invasion of bugs called the VEC and in one reality of, uh, of existence the VEC have won and overcome humanity and the world has plunged into apocalypse but there is a company, an organization, that has assembled these mechs that are kind of dedicated to fighting and combating the, ve- the VEC, and they've discovered time travel technology. And so what they do is they get inserted into different timelines, and every single time you play the game, that's a new timeline that you're in. So if you fail, that timeline gets abandoned, you choose one surviving member of your squad, and then you just get dropped into another timeline and be like, well, I hope you do better this time. But if you win, it's like, great, if you complete a campaign from beginning to end, the game says, well done, this timeline is saved, let's move on to the next one. So there's like an in-world reason for why you would continue playing a new game. And there's like a lot of carryover with rewards and character building. So there's just – it's a nice, neat little cohesive package of world building, storytelling, and and music. My god, the music is real nice.
1: And the fun thing about that, I guess, is that it functions just enough to be worthwhile or give you a nugget – Or be like okay this is this is the this is the construct of what's going on Mm -hmm. but it doesn't do anything to go over that marker like it sets up what I would call a bare minimum acceptable story and world building
0: yeah and it leaves a lot of room to interpretation because it, it kind of assumes that this is a dystopic future not because humanity has already fallen to these aliens but also the way resources are distributed among the survivors in the game You are presented with several islands when you begin a new campaign, and each island is kind of locked off until you beat one island, and then you earn the right to move on to another island where the game gets, uh, like, a step more difficult. But if in one timeline you achieve up to island two, the game remembers that, so whenever you drop into another new timeline after you inevitably fail, you can actually pick whichever island you want. Um, But the people occupying these islands are what's interesting to me. It's another, like little tiny bit of storytelling that's nice it's each island or each surviving like aspect of humanity is governed and kind of run by a corporation each island is run by a single like individual leader and they each have their own agendas like hey we're all about the environment in this place there's an ai that's all about the environment in this arctic tundra he's like hey there's a lot of robots here just be cool to them you know they'll take care of us but also like sorry, they're kinda rogue. And then there's other like a there's like a desert area where there's just everyone has an agenda and you can tell that like this is a, a capitalist society that has fallen. Like it's it's pretty cool. But the game doesn't hit you over the head with that. There's just a lot to interpret there.
1: And if you don't want to, like yours truly, you don't have to give a single flying fuck about any of that. Why is that? To enjoy the game. If this game was played with um, squares, circles, chess pieces, with no storytelling and no assets, I think I would have enjoyed it nearly 100% as much. Um, because while it is cool to have a the, the little bit of war, but a little bit of storytelling, a little bit of uh, you know, dy- dystopic and dystopic future, um, it's really the core gameplay which is engaging and trumps everything else we've talked to up to this point.
0: And what is that core gameplay loop? because I agree, like you can have you can give a sh- shit about the story just you stay because the game feels good.
1: The game feels great, and I think the game feels great for people who are looking for a strategy game, so I consider myself someone who uh, enjoys strategy and puzzle games mm-hmm. um, if you're talking strategy, I've always loved, you know, Warcraft 3, Starcraft, stuff like that, uh, Company of Heroes, uh, Command & Conquer, like like your true strategy, um, like RTS, action strategy games. And then if you're talking puzzle games, those are also things that have just interested me, you know, even from like your... your um Fuck like like your 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 picto puzzles or your scribble knots or you're the witness or whatever puzzle you want to name like I mean I've I've always liked both of those things which is why it was interesting to me that I didn't immediately pick up into the breach with all of its praise because like oh man it's like a good puzzle turn based strategy game I'm like yeah, whatever and uh, I think I realize now that that was a mistake and I shouldn't have whatever did because into the breach drops you into these little one island maps at a time
0: it's a grid- based map
1: it's a grid based map um, so it I, I I should know what the dimensions are because I've done like 50 playthroughs because it's a lot because spoiler up top I like the game um, it's you it drops you into one grid based map the map isn't moving you're not you're not changing the scenery. You, you see what's going on from the outset, and then you drop your three units. Every game you're controlling three units. Uh, there's a bunch of pre-built squads. So normally it's like one that's like a really broody unit that can get in someone's face, one that's more of a ranged unit then one that's a utility unit. And those three make up your team. And then you go through a number of rounds on the map. So
0: You have have to fight the Vec off for at least five rounds.
1: At least five rounds. So you start off round one. The Vec take their turn first. So the Vec move into position and queue up their attacks. And what are they attacking?
0: Certain map objectives. um, So usually every single map, the, the whole point of the game is to make it from beginning to end and wipe out the Vec invading forces. And on paper that sounds pretty simple but you have a universal power meter that's kind of uh it's your hp bar yeah it's your hp uh hp bar that is like a, it continues from map to map it is cons- consistently moving forward or backwards depending on how well you do and the way you basically get game over in the game is if that hp meter goes down to zero and that's your power and the power is controlled via Cities and uh, towns that are located on each of these grids and for the most part that's the primary target of the VEC They are giant alien bugs that are attacking giant cities So your goal is to assemble your squad of giant mechs to take them out It's basically Pacific Rim or Gundam and you're fighting aliens and you're trying to defend a city and also the resources of this futuristic civilization
1: yeah, and I mean, I don't I, we're we're jumping around a little bit. I probably should have wrote this out so we could have talked about it. Yeah, it's all good. Um yeah, so I mean, you you're defending your cities from the monsters and that's their primary target, so you are going to you you need to prioritize now. Um like so in most games and I think a lot of people uh, miss this sometimes is that you have to think of health as a resource like losing health isn't always a bad thing like say you're playing hearthstone you know health is a resource sometimes you need to take face damage because that's the most advantageous move so when you're playing into the breach you're going back and forth between okay how do I keep my health up when am I allowed to take health damage when should I prioritize other objectives over health when should I prioritize kids the Vex. When I prioritize leaving them alive? And it turns into this game of of tactics of, of just simply you know what is most advantageous for you, which I guess you can describe most strategy games like that. But here, um, you're you're balancing your health, you're balancing the Vex uh, life, you're va- you're balancing um, every round more uh, alien Vex spawn. Mm-hmm. So there's a fun mechanic in the game where uh, if you are blocking the tile they spawn on, it delays their spawn for one turn and damages one unit that's that's blocked. Damages one point of health to the unit blocking it. So maybe you want to block Vex spawn. Maybe you want to kill Vec, Maybe you want to take damage to protect another objective. Um, and and that, that core gameplay loop of figuring out what is the most optimal strategy in your turn to use your three units for, all of which have, you know, limited range, limited movement, different abilities based on which squad you using it is where is where the core gameplay is really derived from and it's cool because since there are so many different units to play around with and pre-built squads to play around with that even though a uh, a core game on a medium difficulty will probably take about an hour you can play this game a lot
0: Yeah, and that's actually one of the things that I didn't realize when I first started playing it. Uh, I definitely suffered from the, I lost a piece of health, therefore I failed. Like, oh no, this isn't good. And so it took a while for me to be like, no, it's okay that I lose health because sometimes that's the most strategic thing that can happen. Like, I think the beauty of this game lies in the difficult choices that have to be made. Usually games like this that involve mechs, it's all about show – or just like mecha anime in general. It's all about being a badass and saving the day and you're the hero and look how cool you are. You did it effortlessly. But in a realistic warlike scenario, sacrifices have to be made and sometimes you might have to kill – Like innocent civilians, you might have to let them die because it is going to be for the greater good of humanity that they do because, hey, in the turn that they destroyed a city, that gave your mechs the opening to flank and also destroy or sometimes it's – The literal decision that has to be made. It's the difference between a game over and losing another blip of health. And a a nice little detail that that showcases whenever you lose a city is that it will showcase the population of that city. And it's like minus 345 people. And you're just like, oh, no, these people were innocent. They didn't do anything. And now I I failed or I risked their lives. And this is what happened. And, And to me, like, that's that's cool. That's just it. Feels like yeah, there's, you killed people. There's actual risk. So you can risk. protect something else. There's actual risk and reward, and it and it feels good knowing like, hey, I, I made the right decision. Like this definitely harkens back to a game like Advance Wars, where every time you're presented with a map, which is usually procedurally generated, or there's like a, a not procedurally generated. It's there's like a, a pool of maps that they choose from, and then the the RNG chooses one random map, and then you get plotted down on it. But uh, what I appreciate there's it, it is a puzzle in that there is a correct way to make your way through the map and win and do it effortlessly. Every time you fail to adhere to that perfect plan is when you have to compromise. And you compromise because you messed up a little bit somewhere along the way.
1: The game isn't unfair to you. Correct. It is ever. Like there there are solutions and um there are there are all there are always solutions from the beginning.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So if, if you mess up maybe a couple turns back, you might feel those impact a couple turns later that you might not have seen originally.
0: Um, or you might have been like, well oh, it's okay if I lose two bars of health in this map because I'm going to be fine when I get to the next one because the next map, whenever you move across the map, you are lab- able to choose what mission you want to take on, and each mission showcases what the reward is for completing that mission. So it might be regenerated health, um, currency so that you can upgrade your mechs, or, well, what's, the, what's the third one?
1: <laughs> uh, you get to upgrade mechs. Uh, you get star points. Oh, yeah, you get star reputation. points.
0: Where you, yeah, star, po- star points where you can actually buy upgrades, like uh, new mechs, upgrades, stuff like that.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, you can up- upgrade the weapons on your mech. You can uh, add new weapons to your mech. You get to choose the, the pilot of your mech, uh, which is fun.
0: Uh, And each one has, like, their own unique hidden abilities where as you level them up from one to three, their hidden abilities become apparent to you.
1: So you can definitely draft more OP teams if you get, like, good runs. And between runs, since you get to keep one pilot, if you have a a pilot that you really like, either their passive abilities or what kind of level they are, you can bring them all with you on the next mission, assuming they don't die. Because there is permadeath for pilots in this game.
0: Yeah, you might have just misclicked not misclicked but you might have you might have uh maybe underestimated what would have happened in a particular scenario and you're like oh shoot i didn't even realize he had one health bar left he dies and his like husk of a mech is just left on the map occupying space it is blocking paths it is still able to be moved via attacks and things like that but he's gone your your mech pilot is gone
1: it is uh it, it's very fun in the sense uh i i'm someone who while i talked about liking the first couple aspects of this game generally does not i'm someone who does not like roguelike games mm. and why is that though um i don't i'm not a huge fan of the repetition uh huh I'm not a huge fan of permadeath. I'm not a huge fan of feeling like I'm, I make progress only to like lose then come back. It's not like a, I guess sometimes people like roguelikes because you feel like you're, you're building up a repertoire of skills and you watch yourself progress and get better and it's cool to see you, know, you grow. Um, but generally those are mechanics that I don't find too enjoyable on a personal level. Uh-huh. Uh, But I think it's... So I think that Into the Breach is something smart where it takes some of the light elements of roguelike where you can transfer one of your pilots from game to game that you've upgraded. Um, You can unlock new islands that are there permanently. You can unlock new teams of mechs that are there permanently. And uh, there's a certain element of randomness that carries over from roguelikes that are fun that normally um, there's like a... The, the idea of, of Rng in strategy and strategy in games are are uh, they, they butt heads mm-hmm. you know people complain about if you're playing a card game RNG sometimes because it can feel not fair but all the Rng in in into the breach feels very fair and like it makes the game more interesting because it's like oh hey what pilot did I did I randomly unlock out of the out of the pool of select pilots what upgrades were given to me what things are on sale at the ship shop? What does my island look like? What are the actual maps on the island when they spawn? Because they're procedurally generated. So it takes what what feels to me like the the non-abrasive roguelike elements and puts them into the strategy game, which gives it a a smaller um, design loop. Uh, or, like, iteration loop, gameplay loop. There we go. I found it. Third time's the charm. It gives it a smaller gameplay loop, which makes it ideal for, like, short sessions um, without uh, feeling like you have to play it a thousand times before you get a victory. Because, I mean, you can open up into the breach and win the first time, I think. Uh, I don't think I won until my fourth map, but after I won on my fourth map, I proceeded to win about 80% of my games, I'd say.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I feel you. Similar scenario in my case. Um, it was I won once I discovered I could swap out mechs. It took me a while, and I was like, "Man, I I really like this game a lot, but I wish I could change my mechs out." And that's when I looked at like my main menu, just because every time I lost, I just went immediately back in because it just it felt good. Like you said, the gameplay loop is so short, and it and it feels so right. Like each map will probably take you like five minutes to beat roughly yeah five each, each individual le- i
1: mean i guess we can be confusing with the terminology the individual level like like one of the puzzles yeah each will probably mission, take yeah. about five minutes ish and each mission five minutes but each island which is a collection of missions it's usually five will missions. probably take about 20 minutes 25 minutes and then, there, then you can do it's cool because also so there's four islands you can choose from and then a fifth final boss island you can complete the game after doing at least two two three or four islands Mm -hmm. so you can do a quick run only beating two islands and going to the final boss and winning shortly, or you can do a longer run where the gameplay gets harder over time as the islands progress, but you're now more powerful because you've spent you've had more island missions uh completed so you have more money for upgrades and
0: stuff like that. Yeah, the, the game scales to how long you've been playing it in that particular timeline. So
1: I prefer to play four island games.
0: Yeah, me too. I, I always do four island games because I think that's you see the most rewarding like transformations and it it taps into that final fantasy tactics like like sweet spot for me where i can turn a pathetic unit into a god based on how i kind of uh build them and in building them correctly it makes you feel like oh i earned this and in that earning is where you're like wow i'm very good at this game yeah um how do you feel
1: about the difficulty setting? So there's, there's an easy, medium, hard. Uh-huh. Uh, what did you start playing on? How did you feel about that? And then what difficulty did you settle on?
0: Uh, I started on medium, and that's what I did for probably my first four or five victories. And then after that, I bumped it up to hard. I never played easy once. And hard is pretty hard. I have only won, I want to say, like two or three hard. And I feel like it's not as fun for me because I want to just kind of... Pick it up when I hop on the toilet, play a couple maps, and then hop out, and I'm good to go. But I feel like hard. It's gonna. It's bad on my 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 body on the toilet for that long.
1: Yeah, because you you do have a habit of doing <laughs> long long poops. I do have to plan sometimes my bathroom usage around Nick's gameplay bathroom usage.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I think medium was the appropriate like.
1: Medium's what the game is balanced around, yeah. and hard is an intentional challenge that gets better the more mechs you have unlocked so you can like you know abuse combinations or try and gain unfair advantages from all your rewards to to benefit you in hard mode so i I like the game is best played on easy i, I I'm sorry, the game is best played on medium the game is I think best learned on easy
0: uh-huh.
1: i I almost wish that uh it it uh, really suggests you play your first map on easy
0: yeah. But I think there's something satisfying about like getting – like thinking you have a grasp of the mechanics and then the game throws something at you and you realize like, oh, I just need to be exposed to that more. (laughs) I like that because it is such a a small loop though. Like I feel like I didn't lose 40 hours and I have to start from zero. It's it's more like – oh, I lost 10 minutes, but I learned something. Yeah, it's like, oh no,
1: I have like a three-hour into the Gungeon playthrough. What am I ever
0: (laughs) going to do? One mechanic we haven't talked about that I think is really smart is the the ability to turn back time for one turn, the ability to reset one turn. So as we established already, like the in-lore reason why this is all happening why every single new game is a new timeline is because this company that funds these mechs has the ability to time travel and so innately the obvious choice for anyone who's willing to nitpick any narrative is like well why can't they just turn back time in the middle of a map well you you can can, you can but it's going to cost you and you have the ability to turn back time once in every single mission and you don't turn back time to the beginning of the mission, you reset one turn specifically. So, of the five turns that a mission takes, you get to go from, you get to replay the previous turn over again. So, if you realize, like, I made a grave error in moving my mech, which here. might
1: be a misclick.
0: Which, which might be a misclick, but the game is pretty forgiving about misclicks and stuff
1: it like might that. Or uh, it might be a misclick. It might be a, oh, no, I'm fucked. Or like maybe you try a strategy and you, that you didn't think out all the way, and you're like, oh, I shouldn't do that. Oh,
0: it's like, oh, I realized that that tile was going to fall in the fourth round, and I'm on the fourth round now. And, oh, no, I didn't plan that out properly. Oh, geez, or I thought I equipped this ability that it would allow me to push this thing out of the way in time. Oh, man, I forgot to do that. And so the game lets you be like, okay, you screwed that up, so you can reset time one more time. Once per level. Which is really fun. And there's something about that that I think is just so smart. And I was trying to figure out why is that such a smart inclusion in the game. And then I did a little digging. And I learned today that the game was written or features writing by Chris Avalon, one of my favorite writers in the games media, who uh, he wrote planescape torment he wrote fallout new vegas he's writing dying light 2 and i think he might also have his hand in uh the star wars jedi fallen order a little bit but so yeah the guy has some serious like rpg writing chops in his repertoire so it's just so this was just an
1: afternoon for him
0: right yeah it's just one of those things where I, i don't know though i think that there's a some writers have a tendency to overwrite things that don't need to be overwritten and I think that it takes a wise writer kind of the ability to, to step back and think, like, what is appropriate for this game? What amount of writing is appropriate? What are we trying to achieve here? Is it a story that's being told? Not really. We're trying to go for a feel here. And I think he nails that feel perfectly. He, yeah.
1: he understands it. And, again, if you want to pay attention to that, you'll appreciate that. If you don't want to pay attention to it and you just want to play the puzzles— that's fine too, which I think is a a sweet spot that really caters to two different markets, particularly two different markets we're talking right now. Like, I mean, Nick is very much the former and I'm I'm very often the latter. So,
0: See, but I I think they complement each other well. Gameplay as like a feel as as, well for story people. Gameplay as feel for story people and then story as feel for people who like the game, like just the gameplay loop itself because even though you might not be consciously aware of what's happening, you're kind of thrust in the trappings of it and just being surrounded by it helps elevate the experience to another level subconsciously it's like the reason why you kind of feel a little bit good after listening to an upbeat song sure you could be someone who analyzes the song and is like well i feel good because these beats right here achieve this tempo and that tempo is historically known to feel good for humans blah 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 but you could also just be like ah, i just experienced it and it was all part of the experience and it just felt right god
1: i'm having a crazy deja vu moment did we use that analogy before
0: uh i like to say that because a lot of people I've said that before because a lot of people do say, well, the story doesn't really matter because it was like, well, no, it does because it complements the experience in a way you might not even be aware of. It's like eating food because like it tastes good, sure, but it might be bad for you. So like there's something hidden underneath that you are still benefiting or uh, something is detracting from your overall experience and you might not be able to put your finger on it. The thing you might not be able to put your finger on is a thing you might not have a, a taste for. But ultimately, it changes the experience, and hopefully for the better.
1: I, yeah, no, you're, you're right. Like, I mean, even if you're not completely invested in... You know what's going on just having it on in the background and kind of osmosising it does improve the experience
0: it's like uh, playing a w- when a uh, coral you adam and i played pandemic and then we put the soundtrack for the thing on in the background like it suddenly transformed this board game experience into something that felt more sinister and like depressing, like, and, and oppressive and whatnot.
1: Garbage Game Club mini tip. If you have four friends and a couple months to kill, you should buy a copy of Pandemic Legacy because you'll probably have a very good time.
0: Yeah, and also play John Carpenter's The Thing soundtrack in the background while you play. It's very good.
1: But if we're not talking about board games, and we're talking about fake board games, which is kind of what Into the Breach is to uh-huh. a degree, um, man, I... I... So I, I finished Into the Breach... Uh-huh. Uh, pretty shortly after we announced as the next episode, I'm like, I'm gonna play this now, and then I played on a trip. I probably put in five, six hours, and I'm like, I like this. I think I'm gonna probably play this on airplanes later on in my life, but like, I, I don't need to play more. I'm okay. Like, I'm, I'm not jonesing for it. Um, then I went on another trip recently. Uh, still before this podcast, obviously. And I proceeded to 100% the game. Oh, wow. I very quickly went from five or six hours to, oh, I'm just going to unlock all the achievements. Yeah, that's the natural course of progression <laughs> that I'm going to do here. Because achievements in this game are what you use as currency to unlock new mech squads and new units to play the
0: game with. That's my favorite kind of achievement.
1: Yeah, so you get rewarded for it. The achievements are fair and fun, and they force you to do like interesting things with the gameplay mechanics. So it's like a master class on on a cool way to use achievements. They're not like you know Xbox you know live points. It's not your gamer score. It's so that you can keep playing the game more and expand your knowledge and grill. So the achievements are fun, and I and I recently a couple weeks last week, I uh, I'm like okay, well. Gonna get all of them because when you do get all of them you unlock a final squad, which I wanted to try. Ooh, uh, what is it? Do you really not know? No, I don't. Uh you get to play as the Vec.
0: Oh, that's really cool. So
1: you get to use the same mechanics that you that they've been using against you now as as units. And it also makes you gives you a moment to realize, uh, if you turn it back on yourself, how you know they're just an opposite version of you, you know. They're they're monsters, and you dehumanize them, and you just kill thousands of them. But then you realize, like, they're just doing the same things that you're doing. <laughs> so, how does the rule set change when you're the vec? Does it? Well, it's like your mechs are vec, so like your tanky mech becomes a pushing mech that can charge, uh, that can charge as many spaces as it wants, and then deal damage. Oh, and, and but you but have, you're like, still a ranked, fighting vec though. You're still fighting vec, gotcha, So you're gotcha. vec fighting vec. Uh, You have like a like a ranged artillery one that also pushes. You have one of the hornets that you know do damage AOE style and pushes. Um,
0: Fuck! Now I just want an expansion though, where you have a full campaign as the Vec, where you can actually like breach the ground once a turn and stuff like that, and like you have to fight mechs. That'd be. I'm
1: sure that on some writer's wall that that would be you know. Oh, that's out of the breach. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Um. Because you know that that seems like a very natural aggression, uh, aggression, wow uh, progression for what, what they would do with a different game like this, uh, and I'd play it because I, I enjoyed the first one. Um, I don't know if I would call it a universal recommendation though. Like some other things we've talked about, like when we're talking about Oberdin, by and large, I'm like, hey, yo, dog, you should play that game. You'll, like, you'll probably like grow as someone who enjoys games or an analysis, and you might take something out of it. Um, I don't think Into the Breach is that level of, like you know, everyone should play this game. It's definitely a game for people who are interested in one of the mechanics we've talked about. So if you know that you're not like a strategy puzzle person, you're probably not going to enjoy it, and you're probably not going to play it. And some of the things you said are probably confusing to you, and you might not be listening right now unless you really like the way that Nick and I sound. Um, <laughs> Or you're sleeping because you fell asleep, or you're on the road and NPR is after hours. I don't know. But I, I feel like I can't tell everyone to play Into the Breach, because it, it definitely has some confounding variables of, you like turn-based strategy games, you like puzzle games, you're kind of into uh, like more avant-garde ro- roguelikes, or... um or maybe you don't have experience with those things and you want to try it that I think is worthwhile but if you know if you if you look at the game if you watch a minute of gameplay and you're like it's probably not for you well that's that was your reaction when you saw it though no I, so my reaction when I saw it was uh, so, you know, I'm someone who likes some of those elements. Not all of them, some of them. I like turn-based strategy games. I like I like uh, puzzle games. Uh-huh. That feeds into the stuff I like. I was turned off by the tagline of roguelike. It wasn't enough to turn me off. Oh, no, that's fair.
0: Um, um, I, for me, I, I think this game is perfect if you like Final Fantasy Tactics and you're like, shit, I wish Square would make another Final Fantasy Tactics. This is that, but on a smaller scale... If you like Fire Emblem at all, you would probably really like this game. You can't make your units have sex, unfortunately, um, but maybe in the sequel. Um, If you like Advance Wars, Wars, this is uh, basically Advance Wars but with mechs and fewer units, which is perfect for a plane ride. It's perfect for a train commute, uh, whatever. And um, I also think this game is a perfect palate cleanser. The thing that I find myself every now and then is like you play so many games over the years, and you kind of get burned out on games after a while. You know, as humans, we have a tendency to kind of acclimate to a type of thing. So if you if you like to play games, you have and you're like, oh, I like to play shooters. You tend to play mostly shooters for whatever. a lot of Apex. You, pl- you play a lot, of- a lot of Dota and that that'll burn you out sometimes you're just like nah, I just sometimes. don't feel I just don't feel like it right now, and that's okay You're totally allowed to feel that way But sometimes it's helpful to try something new that you might not have ever considered as something you would enjoy And I think this game is one of those games It is the perfect like maybe this will get me out of my gaming funk as it were or maybe this is the, the little The little uh, 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 zag where I thought my life was gonna zig a bit and it's a nice little zag for those who were unaware, I, I I wholeheartedly recommend you check this out if you have any interest in those things or interest in just trying something you might not have played before.
1: Yeah, um, I I think I agree with this. Is this like more of a more of a bite-sized podcast for a bite-sized game?
0: Yeah, I I feel like it's appropriate because I feel like we covered the mechanics of it, and again, it is just one of those things where we can gush about it all day, but really, the the best like snapshot of the game is just feeling how the game plays like getting in i recommend getting it on switch yeah the switch it is a pretty dang good
1: fantastic example of what a good switch game can be because it's portable
0: this would also be a game that if it was on mobile i think would make a lot of sense and i think that that would also be a very good way of playing touch controls are kind of like but the game is so forgiving about, it like, works. misclicks and stuff it like works. that. It works. There'd have to be, like, an icky UI for the touch controls. Fire Emblem always pisses me off because it's very unforgiving when it comes to, like, misclicking or, like, oh, I just wanted to see what, what it would look like if I moved my unit here and what the range would be if I moved the unit there. And it was like, nope, fuck you. You are committing to that spot. And I was like, well, I I didn't want to do that. So it's like the smart design choices complemented by a small gameplay loop that always feels good. You're guaranteed at least 15 hours of enjoyment. But if you're like Joey or me, you'll probably put in at least 30.
1: Yeah, I, I put in even more. Um, <laughs> you know, I realized that we didn't start the podcast with some of this information, which what? is bad. What? This this info? The, well, the info I'm about to say. Oh, what
0: were we going to say?
1: Well, I mean, you know, fuck, man. We didn't even, like, introduce ourselves. We didn't say that, like, right now we're actually Did recording this live who we, on they Twitch know channel. Who we are.
0: But here's the
1: thing, Nick. The people watching know who we are. <laughs> the people watching know who we are. But, you know, you can get this podcast on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts. And people have told me in person, thank you, Carl Swaggin, that they like it. So, like, wow. maybe there's people... Who might come from outside? They might see it on a podcast player. They might be it on a weird recommendation list. And maybe we should try harder to to use our community to like lift us towards those lists. You know, more watch time, more reviews, more things to try and get more eyeballs on the podcast. Yeah, because that's true. Spoiler, as we do, you know, some restructuring in what Cyber Garbage is in terms of, like, an online Twitch presence, there is going to be more of a focus back on to like, this show and Joey Hates Movies. So, um, while it is awesome that, particular right now, you, you can watch us live online, um, you know, downloads on, on your apps... Uh, However, however, you normally support podcasts or subscribe to them is going to be very helpful for us moving forward So I think we'd really really appreciate that because maybe there's a world where one day we can have an ad sponsor reader Like we get people into the community from the podcast side and not just the twitch side And I think that's going to be very important for us for for growth through the end of the year and also next year So
0: and I'd love to have like if our podcast is enough reach that'd be more incentive for us to get guests on the show and I would love to have a guest. Wait, host. guests? Yeah. Nick, I'm very antisocial. No, I mean, I I am too. But I think that's what the kids like nowadays. What are we gonna like? A micro on? Yeah, dude. Oh, hey, Mark-a- Markiplier here.
1: Oh, yes. <laughs> I'm so genuine. Um, God, I really shouldn't do that. I work with him. Um, kind of. Uh, anywho. Oh,
0: name drop over there.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Oh, was... n-
0: name drop over there. <laughs> <laughs> do you know that I
1: was hanging out with Golden Boy the other day when we were shooting with <laughs> Kenny Omega? <laughs> um, you're going to Comic-Con and meeting a bunch of famous people, Nick.
0: I uh, hung out with Kenny Omega a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was drunk near him. It was pretty cool.
1: Yeah, you're like, hey Kenny. Um we're getting <laughs> off topic. Point point being, um, I'm Joey. That's Nick. This is this is Garbage Game Club. It's one of our two podcasts on Cyber Garbage. You I'm know, being Joey Hates Movies. You can get it wherever you get podcasts. And if you could subscribe and and like or five star, do whatever those things Leave are. Leave us a review.
0: It'll it'll be very helpful. Truly, I'd appreciate your time. Um, One thing that I ask of you is, if you watch this live right now, and you're like, "Well, I don't need to. I don't need to l- download that podcast because I just watched it." That's fine. You please don't have do. To. Can you download it and then play it and yeah. then delete it? No, just download <laughs> it. Just download it. That's all. Just download it. Subscribe on Spotify. Yeah, leave a comment on wherever. Uh, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. I use a program called Podcast Addict, which is fed in just via an RSS feed. We're doing fine. a lot of promotion now yeah and And humble bragging yeah that's i mean they go hand in hand really um we'll record a pickup of our intro in in a second which is fine i don't think we have to right i mean it'll take two seconds for me to throw in um but what's our next game joey uh, we haven't talked about this let's discuss it right now because i'm gonna throw one out there god that means it's a long one
1: no. Okay, so now here's the thing. So if, if we want to get in the weeds in the meta of the podcast for a second, in the meta of cyber Garbage, which we'll go into later because a lot of people know that we are transitioning to like do things a little bit differently at the end of July. So you have a couple weeks of like the status quo, but then we're really we're really shaking things up. Um and I genuinely think it's for the better. Um fuck Alex. Uh, <laughs> he didn't pay rent. Uh he update Alex did pay rent. He just texted me. Okay. That's great, we're not gonna get evicted. Um
0: but if we get evicted all that, that credit would
1: Is it I want ahead. to put more I want to put more emphasis on the podcast um, and part of that is getting to my, a much more consistent schedule with something that's sustainable for us in our time because we do have to play these games in our free time which waxes and wanes a lot especially like next week you're going to be gone away for Comic-Con so like we're not going to be playing any games but the good news is
0: is that con season after August is over, which means I will have way more We are
1: going to TwitchCon. Some people are curious about that. We're going to TwitchCon.
0: Did we talk about that, Nick? Nick, we're going to TwitchCon. When is TwitchCon? Because I might be in Korea.
1: (laughs) No, I think you're not in Korea. When is TwitchCon 2019?
0: (laughs) Friday, September 27th, 2019, to Monday, September 30th, 2019.
1: I'm definitely in Korea.
0: I'm going to TwitchCon. <laughs> By myself, I guess? I'm September 14th through October 4th. <laughs> I told you this several
1: times. And just, I'm just saying you plan bad dates. Uh, <laughs> hey, what's oh. up?
0: Hey, how's it gone? No, you're good. We're just finishing We're, we're right still now. in the
1: middle of... uh we're, we're still fine. It's cool. Hang on. Yeah. Say hi. Floss. No, no, no.
0: Yeah, you should yeah, floss. I don't floss. think anyone can
1: see the camera. No, they will right now. Oh, there we go. Here we go. You can fix that.
0: Is that television's Parker Games? <laughs> <laughs> Do you like my, my flossing?
1: Yeah, it's very good. I feel like you've practiced about as much as Ninja has, <laughs> yeah. which is enough, as much as you need to, uh, to be famous. Um... Yeah, we'll be at TwitchCon. Uh, the, the next game, Nick, yeah, uh, dude, which I, 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 I haven't approved this with you uh-huh. Yeah. What's up? at all, so I hope it's okay. I wanted to make it shorter. Uh, I think we should play uh, The Red Strings Club.
0: Okay, we can play that. That's right. it? I that know easy? What, you don't even want to argue about it? I know what that is, and it's a short game, which is fine. Ah,
1: so that, that'll mean that we can have a much quicker turnaround than we yeah. over the last month. Uh,
0: it'll be a very quick turnaround. <laughs> so go download The Red Strings Club. I know it is a very narrative-heavy game and people love those right and play through that it'll be a lot of fun and um we have some guests over so that does it for joey's joey hates movies that's the wrong podcast nick what the fuck sorry garbage game club thank you this is garbage game club and if you liked anything we did here today consider backing us over on patreon.com forward slash cyber garbage are you sure it's not a backslash no it's a forward slash are you sure yeah positive Positivo okay and if you do that That helps us continue this little operation We got going on here but other than That we got to go attend to our guests So thank you all for joining us For another garbage game club We will see you next time when we play The Red Strings Club We can make that happen.
1: I'm scared that we're not going to get enough lead time. We're not going to have enough graphics for the new show. I should, like, call Jason and ask him if he wants to make something.
0: Yeah, it's also a thing that can happen. Very reasonable to assume. Yeah. Oh, no. I'm getting messages.
1: Is it from our landlord saying that Alex paid rent?
0: I oh, no, Just one of my coworkers got their esophagus looked at. There's, like, a weird emergency thing, but it's fine.
1: Is it okay?
0: Yeah.
1: You'll have to tell me about that later? Yeah. Was it Corrado? No, it wasn't. (laughs) Um, is, that's, okay. you want to do, like, a a sync clap? Be like, podcast starts. We're already
0: recording. You can't, like... Remember, dude, we
1: gotta we gotta get it like a like a certain. I know
0: it's fine. I barely started recording. Okay, we just got that little that that coworker nugget. That's about that it. Coworker nuggets, it. Yeah. Oh, they
1: missed all my good stuff. Jokes about butts. Mm-hmm. I told the one about the hairy anus. Man, we left hairy anus in one of our cuts that we sent to Disney. Um, oh no! Fun fact, Disney, you can you can't say hairy anus, but you can say rectum. Really? It's clinical. Rectum, damn nearly killed them. I'm surprised that you're able to wear the jacket. This won't make sense for the audio version, but I am sweating.
0: Well, I mean, the jacket, it's it's just, it's hot already. All this does is just keep whatever heat I have inside, inside. It's fine.